Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. So, I hope you are all feeling very Christmassy. When is um, this actually going out? I knew you were going to ask me that, and I haven't got my laptop in front of me to check, but it is very close to Christmas. Good. If not, so when, what's the, it'll be a Wednesday, it must be Wednesday because it's podcast day, either the Wednesday, it must be the Wednesday before Christmas, yeah. surely. Otherwise, we'll have significantly missed the Christmas no, boat. Isn't, oh, Christmas is a Tuesday, is that right? Oh, is it this Boxing Day? This could be day? Boxing Day. It may be Boxing Day right now, and you are feeling full. Jacko will be. Or now I did the pre-Christmas dinner workout. <laughs> Look out for that YouTube video. It may or may not be an absolute car crash. <laughs> but you should have seen it. If you haven't seen it, where have you been? Go check out YouTube. You might have guessed it is a Christmas podcast and we're taking a fairly relaxed approach to this one. No guests, just Jacko and I with some raw reflections on I this year. When you say no guests, you say it like that's a bad thing. Like that's I, I see it as there's two guests today. It's, I often find a guest gets in, way in, our, in the way of our <laughs> healthy conversation. <laughs> Sometimes it's better when we could just when I could just get to talk more. Exactly. That's the problem when we get a guest on. I don't get to talk. It's, it's, to yeah. ask questions, try and ask intelligent questions. I'm joking, of course. We love getting guests on, genuinely. So we just gonna. I said to Jacko, "What do you want to talk about?" And we're like, "Let's just shoot from the hip." So these are our raw reflections, where we're at, things of the last twelve months as we we approach yeah. on the end of the last end of Christmas. It was nice when we we reflected on the year, and you said to me, "Do you want to?" I haven't really reflected yet. And I was like, perfect, because I want Tim's raw reflections of the year and just uh, see yeah. where that goes. I love it. When you, when you, uh, <laughs> heart on the sleeve type of guy, when you, I like that stuff. Yeah. That's, Listeners one, of my, love it. that's, a, that's one of those things where you, um, you've talked about that, that. We had a conversation about this year being like some, in some circumstances, your weakness is your biggest strength and vice versa. And I class that as being one of mine, like, verbally like externally processing and wearing my heart on the sleeve like sometimes it's made, like it's exactly what's required and other times I'm like why did you share that my favourite overshare every occasion go does it maybe only happens once you go did I just overshare then yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think if you ask yourself the question did I overshare you probably maybe have I don't know. yeah it's too late <laughs> yeah. those words are gone and everyone else is sat there going I didn't need to know that here's something I learned this year I haven't managed to do it yet. It's a bit like, almost like, you know, when you said when you've overshared, you can't take it back. Um, that apparently you can set delays on your emails so that if you send an email and you're like, oh no, I didn't mean to send that or I sent it to the wrong person by mistake, that you can set a delay so it hasn't actually gone and you can then delete it. That's something I learned today in IT, from the IT department. Mm. Yeah. I don't um, know how to do it, but someone told me. Yeah. It's actually, Catherine, I was taking advice from my wife, can you believe this? Catherine, who's only just understood what the internet is <laughs> i also think that if that's just, if you're the sort of person that, smartphone for that Christmas. Aren't, aren't responsible enough to um to check your emails before you send them and then want to get it back then you just need to slow down i would think maybe Ooh, good point. a little bit more attention to detail that'd be my take on that yeah. um now reflections jacko i'm gonna ask you the first question one thing that you said at the beginning of last year or the end of yeah, the year before I I whichever was that your major goal for this year was to not get injured Tell us about that. Um, correct. That was my goal. And my, that was based on if that goal, um, it reminds me of a Tim, I think it was something Tim, I'd listened to Tim Ferriss on a podcast a while ago. And he was talking about like dominoes, like what's the one domino that's going to knock down all the others? And it was that sort of, I can have uh, various different movement goals that I want to achieve and things I'd like to do with my training. But if I got injured or any of those things are on the back burner or the, so it was, it was a case of, right, if I do that, 
and stay injury free, chances are, as long as I train, which I know I'm going to do, then I'm going to progress at whatever other things I'm working on. So um, have I stayed injury free? Yes. Um, in terms of I have not generated any new injuries. Have I got an on, Have I had an ongoing shoulder elbow issue, which are related and potentially... No. I won't go into the detail of what it could, other past injuries it could have been related to from rugby days and whatnot. But um, yeah, a shoulder and elbow thing that I've been working out for literally year and a half. Is that right? It's fair to say that you've been doing that by yourself. Yeah, yeah. You haven't been been seeing a physio or anything. You've been kind of self-managing it. Yes. And um, getting to a point, actually, I said to you last week, um, I had a session in the gym that was like, I feel like reasonably on top of this and it's just a it's the fight this is always the worst bit for me of like final stage of like rehab of not of just thinking you've done it or just trying to rush that last bit and not actually yeah. just sticking with the process and go um, I think the thing I said to you was around not thinking that you can fix something as in like oh now it's not broken or whatever um, like flicking a switch more a uh, just it's been a progressive thing to now just this final phase and almost when something doesn't when something stops hurting and feels good like carry on with what was making it feel good for a few weeks to really cement that in it reminds me of bobby sir bobby robson i think alan shearer told a story of him of uh, when he was manager at england and newcastle football um said when the physio told him players ready that they'll be fine next week and you go great I'll play them in two weeks. You'd yeah, always yeah. give them an extra week off. Um, yeah, so we see that in sport all the time, like return to play phase. You get an athlete back on the track if they're a sprinter or whatever, and they feel good. Like, I want to run, coach, let me go. And you're like, no, no, you've got to just wait because it's, there's a very difference of feeling good and then like whether you've actually got the robustness to go and maintain that robustness at then full tilt yeah. effectively. But I think the thing from, from your stuff is that you are in a really good place with it. You've done some good work in terms of managing your load this year better, I think. But it's almost that bit of where you, to get it over the line sometimes, strip the load out and then just allow it to do that rehab process that you're talking about without too much of the intensity. That's a real kind of tricky bit because you want to kind of keep moving forwards. It's not bothering you enough to stop you, but it's kind of just grumbling away. Yeah, Sometimes it's just a bit of a shift of, of focus maybe. Yeah, I don't talk about it loads and so actually some people might that because i'm still been able to train still been able to do plenty of stuff and might even come as a surprise oh i didn't realize you had a you know um any issues but yeah it's um we're getting there we're getting there i'm feeling i'm excited and there's loads of things that have improved um throughout the year which is good um but i wanted to just throw back to to you in terms of what with training wise um what things have been, what's been a highlight or a, or a redefining your impossible, something you've enjoyed like working on that feels like a success rather than I'm sort of still working on X, but it's... I, th- I thought you'd be, I was expecting a, a question along those lines and I was just, just as we whilst we started recording, prepping what I was going to say. <laughs> and um, I can't actually remember what I said I was going to do at the beginning of last... I think you weren't going to set yourself goals. I before? can't remember because you were like... Yeah, they was, put was, pressure on you don't yeah. might, might have been the year before. I was trying to Roll, be original years was rolling into one for me exactly and the, the issue that I have now is that the last few weeks particularly 
or the last few months actually since we did the retreat in September yeah. it's just I haven't really hit a, a groove in terms of consistency I've been all over the place with with calisthenics work and then also with the consultancy stuff that I do with British Swimming it's just been a little bit pulled from pillar yeah. to post so I actually if you look at me what have you done this year what have you been focusing on I don't know I can't actually piece my year together because I'm kind of like my, my head's a bit thick of it I set at the beginning of the year was my handstand push-ups. That was like the first block of getting 10 freestanding. Yeah, and when was there was that video in South Africa? Yeah, yeah, when was that? March. Was it that long ago? Yeah. So I did that, and I learned a lot from that, actually. Probably the the, the major lesson that I've learned is the importance of strength. And we talk about that, and people who listen to podcasts will have heard us say that over and over again. But like you said the other day, like I I started a little bit of an ambitious goal towards a single-arm pull-up. And I've just done a block. I did three weeks of max strength work. And I just said, oh, let's be in the gym of the week. And I was like, well, I was just checking on my front lever on the rings. And it was all right. Like, not amazing, but it was all right. And you said, like, max strength always works for you. Like, if I do a max strength block, generally, the same thing I did with my push-ups, my handstand push-ups. It was just max strength training. I didn't do anything of the skill. And I think part of that is because we've been doing calisthenics long enough that my body knows what it's supposed to do. Yeah. It just doesn't have the, um, the hardware to be able to do it. Um, like this, if you take it like a computer example, the software, the neural program, it knows the shape I've got to make. Yeah. It just doesn't have the hardware to be able to yeah. actually execute it. And that's, and that's what that, I get from strength training. Yeah, and that's that. That's where that uh, phrase you coined or was born of strength in abundance. Yeah, and it's a, it's a it, in a, such a simple phrase that does embody and incorporate and explain actually like one massive foundation pillar of strength. Mm. in 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 calisthenics in what we're trying to do when you're trying to redefine your impossible don't just have enough strength is basically have, what it was have more than you need you could have done way more than 10 presses yeah it's okay the stability and the, the balance yeah, yeah. and the body and all those things when you're freestanding handstand push-ups but how many ha- how many handstand push-ups could you do against the wall uh, your feet on the wall yeah 20 maybe yeah don't know it'd be silly yeah. um so yeah and then the other, well, the other side of that, just very brief, was on the range that you're working for. Just explain that. Was I, I like that explanation of going like almost your, when you go deeper, when you have the ability to go deeper, when you only go in the head to the ground, when you have the ability to go head past the ground with your hands raised, your mid-range where you're strongest, you've just shifted that effectively. Yeah, so if, you, if you're going like fog stand or handstand push-up to the floor, I've only got to go from, from full handstand position, I've only got to go as low as the point where my nose touches the ground. And if I only ever train handstand push-ups against the wall with my hands on the floor, I'm only ever training that bo- the bottom position is where I need to finish at. Which, if you look at sort of like your um, uh, length tension curves or, or um, where we're actually, how we produce force, the bottom position, the end range, is not going to be our strongest point. So by elevating my hands and working on a deficit and then shifting that bottom point lower. And then where a muscle is going to be at, or where a muscle is going to be able to produce the most amount of force is approximately sort of 50 to 60% of its of its length, so mid-range effectively. So by working on a deficit, getting dropping that bottom position where I'm typically going to be weaker, it means that the the when I go to the floor, the place where I need to get out of the handstand push-up is actually now my midpoint, which is where I produce the most amount of force. Yeah. It effectively doesn't feel, even though it is the same position as before, it just doesn't feel as low. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when, when, when they're good and I've put some work in, I go into the bottom of a handstand push-up and it's not a question of when I'm going to get out of it or not. The only question is, can I control my balance and my kinesthetic awareness of where my 
feet are in space. And sometimes it's just if that neural pattern feels rusty, it's because I'm not keeping my hips high enough, I'm arching through the back. And that's another really useful thing of like the video analysis. Like if, if I'm yeah. doing handstand push-ups now, I'll often watch them. Um, and I've got a decent awareness of what I'm looking at, but sometimes like that was good. And I look at the video and I'm like, nah. Like, and, and yeah. then you know what the correction is that you've got to try and make. I need to get further forward or I'm going to let my back arch. Um, so I think that, yeah, the playing around with that strength is a big, is a big one and, and or interesting learning. And then the other one that like, applies in everything I've done, I think, this year is that the f- single arm pull-up. I'm thinking, well, when I do my max strength pull-ups, I need to be working above the bar. I don't want to be finishing with just my chin dipping over because that's ultimately what's going to happen in a yeah. single arm pull-up. You don't see many people pulling the bar to the to the sternum on a single arm pull-up. It's going to be up and just get just high enough, yeah. partly biomechanics and whatever. Um, but trying to work a little bit more than what I actually need for the end movement. And the other thing that I think I've I focused on this year was just more general base. Yeah. But I just, I don't, this year, if I'm honest, I don't feel like I've hit a block. I've had good blocks and then have dropped off. Like I might have done six weeks where I was feeling great. And then that'll have been backed up with a period of like just disruption. So if I look back on 2019, I don't know what I've actually achieved in terms of what have I moved forwards. Yeah. Well, you play with a lot of stuff. You said there your 10 handstand pushups. Um, I'm going to come back to your elephant elephant press handstand. I'll come back to that. To <laughs> Is hold that, that what it's called? Hold that. Apparently someone told me it was, that's what it, someone said that's what it's called. Um, uh, so we'll come back to that in a second. I wanted to just uh, attack because there's a really nice takeaway there for people around um, filming what you're doing and like the the image that you're creating in your mind eye of what you're doing compared to what actually the video shows. Yeah. Are they the same or are they not? It's really, really, really good feedback, particularly when you're training on your own. And I think on that point, if you're on it and I'm, tra- and I'm moving a lot and I'm training a lot, then I don't need the video as much. I know where I've got to be. But if I, like the other week, I, I just dropped in, I was like, I want to see my handstand push-ups out. And I'd sat a lot, I'd traveled a lot, I hadn't done a lot of handstand work. So I'd not spent a lot of time in that position and it felt really rusty and I I didn't have that connection because it just wasn't as wired into where my body was and I was dealing with some restrictions and tightness so it's it's again using that tool at the right time it's massively useful well on that that was my my other takeaway for people is related to that in the you said like sometimes it just doesn't fit it might some you said there was one time it felt great but it didn't look great and there's other times where it just doesn't feel good at all and whatever is causing particular the the handstand, freestanding handstand push-ups, anything involving like a lot of balance, that the your your awareness, the the cognitive demand, it, the skill side of that balance equation is really high. And that if there could be any number of factors, I've even heard someone say before that like too much caffeine can like mess up your handstand because you're almost like too wired mm. for it. Um, but there could be bad sleep or neurally stuff going on that like some days it just feels doesn't feel great and it's something that i've been trying to learn and you've talked about before and you're very you are very good at it going like oh don't feel don't feel good today and you'd like just let it wash over you and go and do something else and not worry that like oh it's not like a, it, mm. rather than going oh cracky can i still do that and then trying to chase in a session because we've had um a couple of people um send messages in recently going oh i did a ring muscle up or yeah, i did yeah. this last week I can't do it now since I've tried like and I'm worrying that they've lost it and then chasing after it rather than going okay a bit like my rehab thing go what helped you get to that in the first place 
Oh, my first reply would always be like, we haven't lost it. It's not like gone somewhere. In a week, you haven't got weaker. You've like, you still be super compensating over the course of seven days. What got you to there? Was it like on the ring muscle up? It was your strength of your pull. It was the pause at the top, whatever it was. Well, do maintain that. Don't chase it. Believe that it's gonna that it's still there, and don't stress about it. I think it's trusting the process. That's what yeah. I've got now. Like, I, if I lose something, lose it in inverted commas, and that I can't currently do it on a day. Like, if I if you ask me to do ten handstand pushups now, I won't be able to do them. It, I, I promise you, that it won't happen because Might I just let you warm up and you know. <laughs> I've just done no vertical pushing work recently, um, but it doesn't stress me out because I know what I've got to do, and I know for the single arm pull up what I've got to do. Yeah. So there's not like. I'm not chasing it because I'm like, well, that'd be fine. I'm just going to, when I've got the time and the space, I'm going to put a block of work in if I want to do some more handstand push-ups. But you could probably still do now three, four, five. Yeah, if I warmed up and got prepped up, it'd be all right. Um, The other thing I was just going to say on that point was like, think about it as a PB. It's less complicated than what we do in sport because there's far fewer variables in calisthenics. But when an athlete goes out and swims, runs, whatever, a PB, they don't go on PB every single time they run. Like they have to then go back to a training block to then go and PB again. So if you want to go and do one muscle up and you've done your first ring muscle up, for example, well, to think that you're straight away going to go from two to two without putting in some more work is naive. So you're going to have to go back to the training block. You're going to have to go and get stronger than you were before to then go and put more capacity in so you can go and repeat it. But the, like you say, if you've done that movement pattern, it's there. You've just got other stuff, which is currently either not at the level that it was, for whatever reason, your strength levels dropped off and you're just not as strong as you were on that day that you did it. For, and that could be any number of different things. Um, fatigue or, or whatever else. Or you just need to go and put some more work in. Like just yeah. go and build that. Be strong enough to be able to do three. And they might then just, the movement pattern or the focus on the skill might only mean you do one because that's the more complicated side. But you've got strength to play with. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of. Um, it reminds me. You always do that. You, can't, you cannot I say. I don't it want to say it without it. thinking about Louis. Walsh. It triggered a thought in my head about um, a, a track and field coach, sprinter uh, Charlie Francis, who he yes, he was the coach for Ben Johnson, who got done for drugs in whenever, but so did everyone else in that final. And that t- what he like he was regarded as like a phenomenal uh, coach and. He, if the story I've heard is that if he had an athlete do a PB any day, any given day, hit the showers, we're done. Yeah, Gemma does the same. Physio friend of ours, very good friend of ours, the same thing. Tell us coaches, you've done the best, that's the best you've ever done. Stop. Even if it's within 30 minutes of your session or 20 minutes, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, that for me is like, I'm laughing now because that's such a challenge to just, I'm trying to place myself going like, imagine if. In 20 minutes into my session, I'd just PB on something to then go home. I'm like, oh, no, I'm doing really well today. Yeah, I want to yeah. do more. And that's... I think we need to think about in doses, in terms of doses of stimulus. If you've... We spoke about yeah. this with Joe Brown. Like, if, you, if you've given enough dose for an adaptation, then you've achieved what you needed to achieve yeah. for that session. And, and thinking that you can just get away with more doses that are brand new to the system without the system going up, right, like, seriously, back off, because we we're not ready for this. Again, yeah. it's, it needs to put it into context and just go. So maybe you maybe you do a ring muscle up. You don't want to, in, in five minutes into your session, you just pop one out first time. You don't want to spend the next half an hour working towards trying to do as many ring muscle ups as yeah. you can. Go and do something else and come back to it another day. I do that with my handstands all the time. Yeah. 
and you are the master of handstands. And speaking of handstands, the coming back then to the elephant press, and it ties in with the strength and abundance. And this is another key takeaway message for people. Actually, it's turning into a good podcast with takeaway messages. Um, that strength and abundance of so you were doing like vertical um, pushing, and we talked about being at going deeper or just overloading it, progressing it. But vertical pushing you were doing, and then you how good was your straddle planche after you'd done those 10 handstand push-ups i remember the video and it was one of those where it was like holding it and then it was like oh and it was like there's this uh, this additional like lag time of like is it in slow-mo oh no it's not like (laughs) well played and like so you weren't doing uh planche work but from the the strength and abundance you developed for your vertical push and strength for your handstand push-ups Develop that, elsewhere, and then yeah. your elephant press again. It's a straight arm position. You can talk people through, it, but it's it's again the strength that you've developed. Like I'm a million miles away from doing that because I ha- don't have that base strength. Mm. I don't have that strength and abundance in that pressing, regardless of whether it's like super specific to that movement or not. And I guess the message can be around: if you have a multiple goals, try to think about right. I've got multiple goals. Either narrow it down and have less goals or what one or two things movements baseline movements almost compound movements if you like Mm. are going to help tick off lots of those things um rather than trying to do more and more and more all the time there's a blog i wrote a few it's recently now but after the recording maybe a month ago around like what's the least amount of training you can do and that minimum effective dose you've talked about rather than rather than adding more like try and strip it down yeah yeah, I've done a couple of sessions this year like that that have been sort of very minimalist. And let's take pulling, for example. Improving my maximum maximum strength pull-ups is going to get me closer to a single-arm pull-up, and it's also going to do some some good for my front lever because it's yeah. it's playing around. And yes, there are some specific sort of movement progressions within that, but all of it is going to come... If I could go down after like really specific front lever or single-arm pull-up progressions, but if I haven't got just the basic ability to produce force neurally then there's a massive yeah. chunk missing and if that one thing potentially gives you those two goals why would it why yeah. wouldn't you just do one I, I believe the technical scientific term for it is uh two birds one stone <laughs> yeah that is a technical scientific term the other thing that i've learned this year and i want to get on to talk to you about mobility but Ooh, just on this talk to me i've got is um you've know, got a four or five minutes of that by yourself jacko um <laughs> i've one thing i've discovered this year is i don't like training static holds Yep. I don't like isometrics. Okay. Boring. So we've done quite a lot of work on front lever over the years because it's now progressing into years. Um, and it just I just don't like it. I find that it's really like isometric static holds. They take up a massive amount of training time. They're really boring. They don't give you a huge amount of return on your investment. It takes a long time to get good at isometric holds by doing isometric holds. Um and I think that's where my training has shifted a bit this year. I've just gone to more dynamic. So even for front lever stuff, I'm focusing more if I'm doing anything, which I'm currently not, but I'm pulling through the range. Yeah. And we had this conversation, like if you don't, to get good at pull-ups, or if you if you want to get good at an isometric hold within a pull-up, you don't train that isometric part. You just get stronger at pull-ups. You can stop at any point that you mm-hmm. want to. You see those people doing like walking pull-ups and like pull-up dancing and all that sort of yeah. stuff. They're just really good at pull-ups and they yeah. can stop it at any joint position, top, bottom or middle. And um, and they just that's it. It's not because they train those isometrics necessarily, maybe to a point, yeah, but not the sole focus. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think that like we've we've learned so much over the years from doing, 
you know, training for rugby and other things to go in right now, actually training for, for some of these specific calisthenics movements, there's a steep learning curve there. And, um, specific that the said principle specific adaptation to imposed demands so having there's nothing more specific than the isometric progression for the thing you're trying to do so you want to get better at frog stand there's nothing more specific than a frog stand yes what does a what does a healthy joint look like it needs range of motion it needs strength it needs control it needs stability through those range of motion getting really strong in one position even if the research says you get a little bit of benefit 15 degrees above and below your I don't like how my, and N is one me, but I don't like how my shoulder feels and or the idea of it only being good in one position. I know that I know enough that that is not what my shoulder wants from a health perspective. And as you say, like if we can get, I've heard, I've heard other, other people talking about it sort of have the, yeah, like you said, have the strength to be able to stop if you want to, rather than only being able to hold one position. Um, that's not to say that I'm, for for some of the work that I'm doing around front lever, is some of it static? Yeah. Is that a small, much, much, much smaller portion of it now? Yeah, 100%. Um, I've, I feel that to get, I feel that there's still some benefit for me personally on holding a, position that allows me to create a connection between my hips driving up and locking my locking down pushing down into the bar to push myself away that doesn't feel like it's doesn't feel like it's fully like locked in um most of it's probably from a strength deficit just not strong enough to do it but i still feel like i benefit from that but then making sure that i take care of that motion in because the other thing is ultimately why what do i want to do with the front lever i want to be able to come down from a muscle up and link a muscle up and a front lever together that requires me to come in and out i want mm. to actually just go from a complete dead hang and pull all the way around and link it into a back lever yeah. that's like ultimate that, that's where it's leading to for me so um just doing positions for one shape is actually not gonna ultimately get me to some of the things i want to do anyway and it, i don't think it's a, a good thing for for the shoulder yeah Whilst we know you are probably really enjoying the podcast, there's something else that we think you will also really enjoy. And that is the virtual classroom. If you're a beginner, we have got an eight-week free beginner's program designed to help you start your calisthenics journey where you're going to learn how to move better, get superhuman strong, and have a lot of fun along the way. If you're ready to take your training to the next level and learn some of the iconic calisthenics movements like a frog to handstand or a muscle up, then inside the virtual classroom you are going to find all the training programs and educational information that you need. But rather than keeping you from the podcast for any longer than necessary, head over to schoolofcalisthenics.com where you're going to find a bodyweight training resource which is different to anything else available anywhere. Tim, I think they're ready to get back to the podcast. So you have invested a significant amount of time in mobility mm. this year. The people on the on the IG are absolutely loving Jacko's mobility posts. So I'm like, crack, it's just a squat. I'm like What's the world's <laughs> tightest man. If I think of like how, um, you know, the, in, in stark contrast to yourself who dislocated their hip as a kid, which is like mental. Apparently like, only old people do that. <laughs> People in car crash or old ladies. That's what they said to me. One of the best and one of the most, like the, the something I love what we do at a workshop, when you demonstrate something like um, 
uh, an overhead bar rotation and people people's faces it's not like a what no one hoops and hollers and claps about it <laughs> no. but their face got goes because it's just like whoa it's a bit like when um ollie frost the movement and mobility specialist that we've got doing a program with us um did uh his that the the seated extension and he crawls his fingers back and it's like it just looks mad you like people go I'm not doing, i remember we in, in a we did the workshops in ireland particularly i was like chatting to a couple of people i'm going you're gonna you're gonna have a go and like, no, i'm not doing that not doing that for my shoulders because it just looks mad. Look but like it's not. Be able to do it's that. not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And particularly the overhead bar rotation is is unloaded. You know, the, it can be a piece of UVC, mm. PVC pipes and whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it's probably something that. So it's something I've been working on for a long, long time. Like post rugby, batter, two battered shoulders, ridiculously tight hips from uh, pulling hamstrings. Um, I didn't. It's very. It's been a massive eye opening that I didn't. I didn't consider. I didn't think I was particularly tight then. I mean. I couldn't really touch my toes, but I didn't think that that was necessary. I don't remember ever thinking like I should really work on this. <laughs> but neither could the 20 stone prop, so it was fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in context of everyone else, I was probably, but we didn't really do, we didn't talk an awful lot about flexibility and mobility. It wasn't, um, we were flexible enough to do the job we needed to do. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't need additional, we didn't need anything more. It's probably where I look at it. It's um, a sport specificity, isn't it? It's, yeah. the, it's a specialist of being a rugby player. You put a gymnast on a rugby pitch and they're going to get absolutely battered probably because they move, they've got too much range of movement. Yeah. They might not get injured, they'll just get stretched to ridiculous positions. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know someone that pulled the hamstring hurt. once. They were like um, over the rock in, and with their legs wide apart and someone hit them and just basically forced them into the splits and he just pulled his hamstring. Yeah, not good. Um, whereas you wouldn't do if you could do the splits. Um, anyway, yeah. And so a lot, you know, there's a lot of things in rugby where stiffness is helpful it's actually good for like sprinting rebounding it's good for taking impact um anyway so you come and start and do calisthenics you need all these other different things and you realize crikey like even just like my basic squat i was like this this yeah and one of the things that um really shifted like massively challenged me when he said it on camera i was recording the um and met you know uh ollie frost had, had we'd played against each other um he played rugby for worcester we met and did a few sessions, really like the sort of stuff that he was he was into, and we we embarked on this idea of let's do, let's do a movement mobility program that is we've got some specifics for um, certain calisthenics movements like handstands, muscle ups, all require a good range of motion, and then also some of the cooler sort of spinal mobility and hip mobility stuff that that he was doing. And I knew he'd played rugby, but I was like. He must be like, a, I bet he was super flexible. Like, it wasn't like me. He was like really flexible when he played rugby. That that was the narrative I was telling myself. And we, we went through and he, he demonstrated some stuff. And I'm like, man, that just looks like, it's just silly. Even like the camera marching was just like, dude, like this is crazy. <laughs> and it's like, no warm up, pancake, boom. And um, and we were doing, when we were doing some of the intros, we were we were talking about where he was at before. And he was the same. And, and I believe him, he wasn't like, like he couldn't touch his toes. And I was just like, damn. Because <laughs> I was telling myself the the, the yeah. lie I can't that be that guy. I can't be as flexible yeah, as yeah. you because my starting point was more difficult than yours. And whether it is or it isn't, isn't is, is irrelevant. It's the fact that what I've, what the biggest takeaway I, I would say is like, well, two things. One, stop lying to ourselves. Whether I can be as flexible as him or not is is not a competition. It doesn't matter. Can I be more? Can I increase the range of motion that I personally now have? 
yeah. And that's what I need to focus on. I need to stop telling myself the lie that I can't do it because of X, Y, Z. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things that I've seen you do this year is you've dedicated more session time to it at the cost of other stuff. Yeah. So if, you, if you're in the gym for an hour, approximately probably half of your time is prep and mobility. And then you'll do half an hour. You might pick, say, three strength movements that you're going to train that day. But you're not doing as much strength work. But then that goes back to your point before about, well, what's the least amount of strength work yeah. I can get away with doing? And then into the other conversation that you had about how much can my elbow handle? Okay, yeah, I couldn't handle, I, I couldn't handle I couldn't the amount more. of strength. I'd, I'd love to do weighted pull-ups every day. <laughs> like yeah. I'd love to be able to do it, but I just can't. Yeah. Um, but then that's your story. And yeah. then that's like, you've, you've, you've actually done a really good job and it's inspiring to me because I kind of look at it and go, well, I, I get away with moving well, but because of just what my body's designed like. But when I go through Ollie's movements, there's a lot of stuff which I'm awful at, like really kind of like crampy, like yeah. feeling like impingements. I'm feeling like just, yeah, horrible. And these and are things and to shy away from it. Exactly. And I can, I can get away with it because it's like, I don't have to fight for it. Like it's just my hamstring range is okay, but I yeah. should be investing more time in it. But I've this year prioritized strength over yeah. that because I enjoy it more and I don't have to do it. Like I don't need to do it to do what I want to do. Whereas some of your mobility stuff is linked quite closely to some of the things that you feel like you want to do yeah. in the future. So you have a, you have a root cause or yeah. an outcome, tangible outcome yeah. which you're working towards. So I just think it's interesting for people just to frame that around what is your specific story? How, what, what's your training program look like for you? What are you interested in? And then that leads me on to my next question. Cause I've had some thoughts about this over the last couple of weeks is what is your outlook for next year? Like what does next year's sort of yeah. training look like or um, what object- objectives look like? Just one, one other, just to pick up on that, like my, I'd, one of the like most important thing for me now that I believe is across, across the board of anything, um, in terms of like mobility, flexibility, probably anything to do, but particularly those, if what do, uh, we've talked about this before, what do like dancers, what do gymnasts, what do, what does anybody that's super flexible, what do they have in common? They do those things all the time like yoga is the same right yeah exactly so um the more rather than like my my training has probably shifted more recently and got a and i'm getting better seeing better progress with it but what thing i've been better at this year by far for all of that is i've just been more consistent with that range of motion work that i'm doing let's call it that um i'm just being more consistent with it and just not and just doing trying to do bits regularly and that's that's what all those people would have in common and so it's not the the magic bullet is not the the exercise potentially it's more to do with like pick like pick something that you want to get better and regularly do it your your movement your mobility training hasn't been focused around sitting on the floor for hours and then doing static stretching it's all dynamic yeah like you do some isolated like mobility work, but not a lot of that. A lot of it is in is in global patterns, just yeah. moving in and out of different shapes, and it makes a lot of sense because you're using strength in those positions, then which then maintains the range of movement gains that you're getting. I'm just um, trying to move around just, more when I'm yeah. at home and stuff as well. It's like find reasons to move in different a, ways. I have a break. I'm like, <laughs> come on, the thing I'm doing at the moment. I quite like this. Is I now don't walk up the st- when I'm I'm quite getting quite good at it. I don't walk or often I'd like run up the stairs quickly, like one step at time over now i lunge up oh really like deep because i want to work on some i'm trying to do a, a pistol squat with a 20 kilo uh, olympic bar uh, front rack and it's getting out of that deep position 
And just the more regular I go into that deep lunge position as I lunge up the stairs, yeah, yeah. I'm getting good at getting out of it. Um, it's a day in the life like of Jacko. That, my shrimp squat thing is just because I'm just doing stuff more regularly. Yeah. Um, but again, you said before, like the transfer of strength into like other positions that I've that I've done through some vertical pushing work, you get to do other stuff. The same thing with the mobility. You haven't done a lot of like specific shrimp squat training. You've just improved your movement system, which is now allowing you to go and actually yeah. be efficient. Because it doesn't require a huge amount of force, a shrimp squat. Everyone's yeah. strong enough to do it. It's yeah. more about where your joints are Can, and yeah. the potential range of movement around those joints, which will inhibit or make biomechanically yeah. difficult to, to do it with, yeah. a, with a double-handed yeah. um, grip on the foot, which you yeah. did, which is... I don't see a lot of people do yeah. those because the hip flexors are far too tight. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that's quite nice about it. Is it's not like hard, hard stuff in terms of like strength. So we can do it in like regular, nice little doses. Don't like stress too much about it rather than, as I said, I'd love to be able to do weighted pull-ups every day and recover from them every day and get like ridiculously strong at that. But it's mm. just, you just cannot do that. For me, I can only do one, a session of like, like max strength weighted pull-ups well, I can only do that once a week and I just learning to just respect that. And that's that's it. That. Doesn't matter if someone else can do it more or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. but for me, yeah, that's kind of, and yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice to be in a, in a good place with training. Um, if you're not in a good place with your training listening right now, I feel for you because we've been there as well. Um, yeah. Do something different. You got to try and make yeah. it, you got to try and get on the point of uh, doing something. Body. Change it. When someone's screaming at you, <laughs> I think there's a big Listen. sort of like training life cycle. And we talk about product life cycles of early adopters and stuff. You, I reckon you could draw a graph for most people when they train, if they've been consistent trainers, like if it's been part of their life. And particularly guys will go through the phase of like, what's it about? Beach weights. Like that's predominantly what the biggest thing is. And I, I definitely did that. Um, and then you start to just sort of think, well, I've done that a bit now what else we're going to do people move into strength training olympic lifting powerlifting, whatever sports specifics it's fine and then you get to the stage where where we're at now when you're like i can't get away with training that kind of volume and i don't you know if you went back to what you were doing when you were 20 years old like could you get away with what you were doing then i just think calisthenics is so much more taxing on the system but then there's a couple of guys who, who train at our gym and then you see them around and about and those guys and others that are in that stage doing calisthenics and the rate of progression is, is good. Like they're yeah. doing well in terms of how quickly they can build strength and move into new positions. Um, and I, I look at that and it used to sort of just like grate me a little bit, not in a negative way. I'm just like, oh God, I wish, why can I not do that yeah, amount of volume? Yeah. But it's just a life is different. My, my family situation is different. My responsibilities are different. My yeah. well, history, 39 the, Yeah, now, the baggage like, that I've got from a, a shoulder perspective and, and the other thing that I think is like you see people who are um, get really good gains from pulling and other people get really good gains from pushing. I mean, you must look at my pushing thing and be like, yeah, when Tim tries to do something new pushing, it happens. Because yeah. that's my yeah, yeah. that's my kind of like path of least resistance. And that's why I do a lot of it because I enjoy it and I get results. Mm-hmm. Whereas pulling, like I'm not great at pulling. like so, And that's going to be a more difficult block of work for me to be able to do. Um, and I just... Yeah, I, I kind of the reflective part of that, what I just came out of my mouth, is that it's just understanding where you're at. What's your life cycle? Where are you in that training life cycle? And then, then what becomes important? And that's the point really for what happens next year. What does what 2020 look like from a training perspective and movement, health, well-being? Um, so what does 2020 look like? I've not, I've not massively thought about, again, stay injury free. Because the other thing is I am... Um, if I'm my 
history of being previous injuries, particularly when it meant, when I was playing rugby and it meant that you couldn't play anymore, then I would be like the mardiest, rubbishest husband or boyfriend or whatever. Um, you're mad now it. when you get injured, yeah, which has been massive, good this year. It's yeah. been, your your goal for 2019 has been positive for our relationship. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just mi- I'm just a miserable guy, but I think any, most people are. If yeah, they're. yeah. So yeah, to um, I need to I want to trust the process that I've been going through with this uh, shoulder and elbow issue that has been ongoing. Um, if I main stay on top of that, then it's. I want to. I want to just. I probably want to carry on with maintaining, like developing that sort of movement competency or movement lower body. I'm really enjoy. I'm probably getting really. I'm probably enjoying the lower body stuff that I'm doing more because I'm seeing like really rapid progress with it or much faster progress with it because I'm almost like a. I'm more of a beginner. So you're newbie in that with yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, they, they were looking at that dragon uh, dragon pistol variation that um, I was looking at that the other week um, when Georgie did it today when we were filming. And um, yeah, that's a... Uh, Put that on the list. That's kinda, yeah. Because I'm getting to the point where I couldn't do a double-handed shrimp and it's like, well, once you can, there's not a lot to really go with really that. There's really go anywhere else, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'll go with that and try to... Um, I'll probably what do I? I do want to. I guess a completed set for me is next twenty twenty could be the year. If I get to the point where I'm happy with my front lever, then twenty twenty would be the year of the straddle punch. Yes, I need to do that. But that will coincide with handstand push-ups. Yeah, we should do some. Good which work is basically on. what you what what you do. I'm just gonna yeah yeah try and get those get one of those things for free. Nice. Effectively. Nice. Probably fair. Something I'm really looking forward to, un- calisthenics related but unrelated to training, is uh, the team of coaches that we're building mm. um, and seeing how those guys um, develop um, and uh, yeah, seeing seeing the impact that as a bigger team that we can have on the calisthenics community and people that are, are wanting to train calisthenics. Yeah, they're a group of legends. Yeah, they're really cool. excited about that. Yourself? 2020. Well, yeah, so this is an interesting one. This is probably where my thoughts have been this last couple of weeks. Uh, and it's coming off the back of having done a lot of traveling and sitting and computing, as I said. Um, my focus now is not actually about 2020. This is going to sound weird, but it's more like 2040. Ooh. Because I'm getting to the stage, I'm 40 next year. So you'll be 16, 2040. Yeah, there thereabouts. I'm not going to have a midlife crisis over it, but I am starting to think about what do I want the next 20, 30, hopefully 40 years of my life to look like. And I know that when I sit more, I travel more, and I do more sedentary work, yeah. I don't feel good. Yeah, um, and I, and there's some some things I want to maintain. I want to be a badass 80-year-old, still like ripping it on my snowboard a really ripped white guy well just really white and really ripped that's <laughs> what i <I'm> saying <laughs> you'll still look 20 <laughs> yeah that's the problem <laughs> but I, that, and that sounds like it I, I don't want it to it's it's not supposed to be really magnanimous about like no oh, it's like, a great it's but a, it's i'm actually whether i do a front lever next year or not i'm not that bothered like i work towards it but that has to come as a part of a package of i want to go snowboarding with jack when i'm 60 70 however many years i've got left um 
and I know it's only like I'm only 14 people go, you're just getting started. I feel like I'm just getting started, but I'm, I'm very acutely aware of what happens when I don't move well. Yeah. Um, and so the movement stuff is, is got to be a priority and I've got to find a reason to do it because I can, yeah, there needs to be something within that that's more attractive than just moving well. Um, but that, and that's a changing habit for me. It's getting easy because Jack's getting a little bit older. So there's just maybe a little bit more time in the day. Um, and then the, the, the other thing is around some strength development. I like having quite lofty goals to go for, but it's not really about doing it. It's almost like I like testing the process. So I'm going to keep working on the single arm pull-up, which I think is probably fairly realistic. I don't know how long it's going to take to build the strength, but um, I'm kind of enjoying... You're about halfway there already. You just no warming. You showed me the other day <laughs> yeah. without warming up. Tweaking that one, just learning a little bit about that. Um, and the other thing is is about... Yeah, this all kind of leads into being strong outside the gym. One thing that I really enjoyed that Corinne and I have done this year is we've got out for sprint sessions. Yeah. I used to love sprinting. That was what I really enjoyed about rugby was running fast. Um, and it was probably the only thing that I was any good at, running fast and avoiding people, which was good because I was about 68 kilos. <laughs> um, but I've got to the point where I felt like I couldn't sprint anymore. And if I needed to sprint to save Jack yeah. or if I needed to sprint to get away from something or towards something I just didn't feel like I, my body knew how to do it anymore so we've gone out on the park and it's real spitting sawdust it's, it's 8 o'clock we drop Jack off in the, on a Monday we go to the park and we just set out some cones and we just run and we'll just do some different sprint drills and um, it's been really I've really enjoyed it just that feeling of moving fast and what are the things when I, I'm going to lose when I get older it's not necessarily going to be my ability to walk four or five miles around a lake on flat ground in comfortable shoes it's going to be the fast twitch sprinty kind of change of direction yeah. stuff and what is that going to facilitate well everything that I want to do functionally around my lower body skiing climbing mountains biking whatever it might be yeah. so there there it's that it's kind of going for a more holistic thing and my one thing I've learned this year, which is feeding into this, is my male dysmorphia of what I look like is in my head and is now starting to take a much lower precedence. Like just naturally out of, I don't really care because I tried to do a bit of like hypertrophy blocks this year. I just don't go anywhere. Like, and I don't want to change my lifestyle and diet and obsession around that so far to just try and change my body composition like i'm lean i'm strong like i can do the things that i want to be able to do does it matter what it looks like and to everybody else go out there going well it looks all right tim it's fine but it's in my head of what i think i yeah. look like but I, it's almost i guess that point of like when you're 40 people go yeah but it's 40 so it really don't matter anymore like <laughs> yeah. if you've got if you look a bit ropey and when you're 60 people are gonna go flip neck it looks good for a 60 year old yeah, but but your I, idea of looking ropey is like you at like 8.9% body fat and you're like oh but if I look at a lot of the guys that I went to university with I went to school with like they gave up 20 years ago like in that and not in a good way yeah um so I get that's I told you it was gonna be raw and it's yeah, not no. really well articulated Don't but worry, that's, you're not oversharing yet you're still below the line yeah that's kind of where it's going but I just need to package that into what does my week look like in, in from a training perspective and accept that I as much as I would like to have consistent blocks of three months here just absolutely on it the, the reality is it just that's not going to yeah. happen because there's just life is just going on and stuff comes up and someone says do you want to do this thing it's going to mean you've got to do a load of work for it and I'm like yeah because it sounds wicked because yeah. I've got these career and business objectives as well and you said it really well this year I think it's something you've articulated really well is training should be part of our life not everything that we are yeah. about our life um, and my and, and it needs to support what I want my lifestyle to be like and I want to be absolutely still yeah. on it God willing, in 60, 70, when I'm 60, yeah. 70. Yeah. It needs to enhance our life, not overtake it. Oh, you said it better yeah. than me. Um, 
Yeah, no, definitely. There's one of the beautiful things about calisthenics is what you've just said there around like body image that because you even when you like want to try and we all like hold on to the like how do I look at those things like everyone's gonna have those to some degree but it forces you to push beyond them because when you enter into calisthenics you have certain like goals all of a sudden some of your attention has to go towards the movement the thing that you want to be able to do with your body it it just forces that better relationship with with our bodies and our self-image and and yeah i'm so glad that that's something that we've found through calisthenics and um yeah, I just I think keep encouraging you with it. Like, yeah. there's no like it's it's important who we compare ourselves to as well. Because often, if I'm going to compare myself to somebody who does a lot of like bodybuilding type training or strength based training with barbells, like, well, yeah, you do a lot of that sort of stuff, and and that's just scaling. It's like benching more, deadlifting more, or whatever, and you get the physique that kind of comes with that. But I quite like the idea of of just being like, well, you can do a single arm pull up if I can get that next mm. year. How many people can do that? How many of the big guys or, or girls or whatever, like people that have just got great physiques, are going to, the fittest in the world at, at CrossFit Games? I don't know that many of those guys who are going to games are going to be doing a single arm pull up. So benchmark yourself against people, but in, but rather than being like, well, those guys at the CrossFit Games look awesome, like they're flipping jacked um, and lean. I'm going to benchmark it against where am I at in my life? What have I done before? And what can I do? Because that is my context. It's yeah. not a, your context is your context. Like, and, and go for it. Like do what you want to do. But just like going inward on that a little bit and being like, this is about me, my body, my movement, my enjoyment. And if I feel comfortable in my own skin, then that's a good thing. But that's always going to be a, a process of shedding those demons of going to me to get your shoulders bigger. Yeah. Because it, but it just, I've tried and it, and doing it through calisthenics for me is just hard work. That's probably we can do it, but I get distracted and I'm like, oh, I want to do this other thing. But I think, like, and that's the thing. Like, I did, I, I got to a point where I did ten handstand push-ups, and no one was going to me. Timmy, your shoulders are flipping massive, did they? Like, I didn't look any different. It just looked the same. I just managed to recruit my, my my human movement system in a more efficient and a better way with some strength upgrades. But it wasn't. A, it didn't take me getting huge to go and do something cool. Yeah, present. Yeah, I think I think sometimes oversharing. No, I, th- I think <laughs> I think sometimes I and I say it to you when I sit like sometimes I, I go, "Crikey, looking bit." Or there's times when it's, it's a potato. it is a different. <laughs> um, but the other thing with body weight, there's that strength to weight ratio that comes into it. So yeah. that you like if you get heavier, then all of a sudden it's going to be harder. And the irony is, you're doing the thing that most guys in the UK are, are would absolutely. I've been fear, trying to lose weight, get lighter. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I know, but and I spend, leaner. Most I spent from the age of sixteen when I was told I was too small for rugby till last year <laughs> trying to get bigger. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, no, some, 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 some raw good, reflections. Some raw reflections, which is good. I'm hoping so that people it's a therapy enjoy. session because actually, like, even though it is coming out raw, like it, it is useful in terms of just actually, a, it's been a good conversation, and I've got some we've externally processed it. Chest, yeah. yeah, and um, there's some nice takeaways for people. Hopefully, that you, you can you've you've got some takeaways around lessons that we've learned that we want to try and pass on so that you don't have to make the same mistakes we do and or you can learn from some yeah, of the things we're talking about with, yeah, with training yeah, yeah. yeah some of those things i'm sure you'll be able to relate to if you can we'd love to hear from you um but one of the things i want to just finish on was just to say a massive well a massive merry christmas but a huge thank you to everyone that's been um, listening to the podcast you guys and girls there would be no podcast without you because um 
yeah, it, it means so much. It means so much to us, and there's been so the podcast has generated sort of generated so much momentum from when we started just doing these random little Q and A's that we were doing before. To so we've had some amazing guests over the years, some absolute uh, showstoppers, and it's been a pleasure for us to. It's a pleasure just to sit down and, and chat with Timbers. It's been a pleasure for us to sit down and talk to to some of these like you know world leading people in what they do, um, and that's yeah that's been massive for us. So thank you all um for those that subscribe those that listen all the time those that ask us questions for it those that share what they think about it on social media we thank you for that um if you do listen to the podcast and you do love it um and you haven't yet experienced the virtual classroom some of our training programs one of the things that we were talking about the movement and mobility masterclass that i've been doing a lot of work from if you haven't experienced those yet we would love it or massively encourage you to go over to schoolcastnates.com and check out the virtual classroom there is um there's that movement mobility masterclass in there we've just also uh, only a few weeks ago launched our bodyweight basics which is a really fun program to do that will help anyone that's starting as a genuine beginner and we really want to help you enjoy moving better getting superhuman strong and having more fun with your training um and that is only 25 pounds but you get it as part of a membership if you take up one of our membership options, which have just been upgraded. So uh, there's new things to look out for there. Um, but we'd love you to to have a have a look and get on board with that. Maybe something for the new year for you. We are ready and waiting in the virtual classroom for you. So guys, we hope you enjoy the festive period. It's a it's a time of, uh, of of peace and happiness for you guys, and that you uh, yeah you get some time to reflect and, and um, yeah take some time off training if that's what's going to make you happy. Train if that's what's going to make you happy, but do what it makes you feel good. Don't feel like you've got to train over Christmas. And if you eat a little bit too much, don't stress about it. Like there's another twelve months coming before you're going to hit that again, and there's plenty of time to get some sessions in to burn off a few extra cream kegs. And I'll eat more than you anyway, so don't yeah, worry. Jacko about it. can go hard <laughs> when he wants to. I'm going to try and be a good boy this year. <laughs> so every well, year. you guys are absolute legends. Like Jacko says, we really appreciate it. And um, yeah, we this time of year for us is very much feeling thankful for what what, you, what we have we, it, is represented in the school of calisthenics of everybody who's involved with it. Um, and yeah, massive thank you to you. So enjoy your Christmas and. We'll see you in 2020, Jacko. I don't know if there's a, is New, there, Year's is there a New Year's podcast. Uh, possibly. It could Does be anyone likely. If there's another Wednesday before the end of the year, there'll be another one. Yeah. But well, either way, as we finish this, we're on a note where it's very clear that I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Neither do I. But I know it's Christmas. So Merry Christmas. God bless all of you out there. And uh, until next time, Tim. Class dismissed. Merry Christmas. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts, and we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a lot of value out of it, guys, and we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value, and also if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars not as good keep it five are the best five of your best stars please <laughs> and if you would like to find out more about the school of calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got head over to our virtual classroom you can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com and that is where we have got literally possibly the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world it's definitely the best one we've done and on that note until next week class dismissed <laughs>